Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. You can turn that monitor off. It's just that old monitor. There it is. We've had all kinds of interesting things happening up here today, coming out of prayer. <coughs> we had this really strange electronic whistle going on and got on our knees and even proscuneoed up here checking out all of Scott's wiring and finally unplugged something and plugged it back in and the whistling went away but then other things manifested so so we have no idea what's working and what's not working we certainly <laughs> hope you're hearing us i don't want to in 15 minutes after we've been speaking everybody's oh, i can't hear you you're not connected so i'm trusting that we're going through we didn't plug unplug anything that has to do with this broadcast it's just all the peripheral <coughs> bagage that is uh bagage baggage that's all tied in here <laughs> do you I, know i go or give me some help with the bags no you, you take the blonde i'll take the one with the turban do you know throughout the entire night last night the power and Lakewood and my neighborhood went off and on. Did you have anything like no. that? Okay, so about every maybe five minutes, there would be a power surge. The power would go out. And the problem was is that our the alarm in our house, the monitor is like, like kind of over where I sleep. And so every time the power would go out, the alarm, the monitor would start making this very loud, very obnoxious buzzing noise. And it would light up and it would literally like light up the whole bedroom. And this went on for hours. So finally, after about an hour of it, I got up and went and slept in Noah's room. I'm sure it continued on, but um, strange things happening, just really strange things. But I do, I do really want to give a praise report for, um, you know, this this particular area, and I'm sure it's like this throughout the country, throughout the world. We've traveled in October um, to many, many different nations, and we've experienced this in other nations. But this particular neighborhood during Halloween, they celebrate Halloween as much or more than they do Christmas, and so um, there's all kinds of paraphernalia sitting all over the neighborhood big things you know those blow up things that light up and they the cats that move their heads and the <coughs> the dragons that breathe fire and the and all the different demonic kind of depictions and so next door to my house is one that is very daunting it's about how many feet would you say oh, tall 25 20, 25 feet tall it's white and um, it's the way they positioned it on the corner of their yard. It like looks over onto my driveway. And it's one of those um, inflated things that just kind of hovers over. And so we've prayed over it. I know pastor was gracious enough to plead the blood over it. And, and I know it's a Halloween decoration that these people think is completely innocent. They do it for their kids, I guess. I don't know. But um, yesterday morning, I, I, I went outside to let Scarlet out, and I saw that that thing was, was like 
completely like proscuneo on its face. <laughs> it is a veritable Dagon, the <laughs> idol of Dagon, bowing before the altar. And it's still like that. It's still like that. And so I, I'm just so thankful for that. Because Pastor suggested that we get like a BB gun or something. And I've thought about that because at Christmas time, their Christmas decoration is Darth Vader. And it's also about 20 feet tall. And they, they, you know, it's the Darth Vader and it's very dark and it has um, Christmas lights draped around it. And I think, what an interesting way to celebrate Christmas. But anyway, so that's... I'm just grateful that that thing has bit the dust, literally. <laughs> and um, because when you drive up Gaston toward the High and Holy Church, you see this specter standing there with his hands kind of out looking at you. And it's kind of a, it's weird because like I wrote to you, that's a very real depiction of certain kinds of spirits. And I'm sure that the manufacturers were innocent in what they did, but you know, the enemy has a way of trying to depict himself and I'm sure that he, in some ways, can artistically direct somebody to to portray something that's in the realm like an idol, you know? Yeah. And since your place is such a hot spot of, of uh, it's kind of like a spiritual metro stop, we need, we need to put some signs around your yard, mind the gap and that kind of thing, you know? I'm just really thankful that the Lord abides there. But there is a lot of a lot of activity that happens and I'm thankful that the Lord has taught me how to war and has trained us all in the things of the spirit and not to fear. Um, but it's um, I, I have to say I love the fall. I love the seasons, but I by this time of October, I'm pretty much ready for October to be over just because Halloween is just, we're not afraid of it. We're not, I mean, goodness gracious. And really, we've been traveling for years and years so many times. Yeah, I remember totally. being in London on Halloween and talk about a battle. I mean, we, we were doing some prayer walking and some prophesying. We had Mark Coleman with us, and um, I can't remember who else was on our team, but um, it was literally like walking through darkness in a city that has my heart. I mean, just I, I love that city, but it was really um, quite a an experience. <laughs> and so, but anyway. Yeah, I remember, and I can't remember this, when I was a kid and, you know, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown had had not been out for very long. In fact, I remember when they, I remember when it first came out. It was great. You I love that? Charlie. You know, we had a couple of stations, and they would advertise this thing is coming. You know, watch it on this day, or um, you know, when in the fall when the new cartoons would come out. Boy, I looked forward to that day. Oh, that was like, that was a celebration to be able to sit there and watch on our little archaic TV these cartoons. But, you know, there wasn't, 
you know, people would do things about Halloween, but it wasn't. And I know the heart of the thing, so don't anybody lecture us on this. But you didn't, when you went around, you didn't sense that people were openly focused on the demonic or were even dabbling into witchcraft things. You know, it was more of a holiday where you got candy. And, you know, it, it just it just wasn't, there wasn't a, an overt focus on evil, but not so today. I mean, I know there's still a lot of people that are just think that it's just a fun thing, but there's so many things that you see and so many ways that you hear people commenting about it that it's it's just wicked. So I'm glad that big specter is gone. And if it and if it tries to rise up again, we shall call it the do a sevenfold falling. <laughs> Maybe God will send a great wind and catch that thing up and carry it away. Wouldn't that have been funny? That'd be great. Or even pick it up and toss it on top of their roof where they'd have to get up there and try to get it down and then say, finally, we, we've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah. Our neighbors, two doors down, got one of those big black cats and it would look, you know. Turns its head. So the twins were over and we had to, we had to, Allie was more fascinated with that thing than anything else because they want a cat, you know. So I had to go out there with them two or three times just to watch that cat. And we tried to figure out. It just, it wasn't on a motion. It wasn't following you, but I think it was on a motion sensor that if anybody came, it would turn its head. You know, it didn't say anything evil, but it, it was just fascinating for the, for the twins, Allie particularly. I remember when those things, those cats first came out, and taking Shadow for a walk down Lakewood Boulevard. And and the first one that she saw, <laughs> this is my very intelligent dog, she just absolutely just freaked out. And she barked at that thing for five minutes. I mean, like a deep, dark, I mean, a deep bark, just bark, barking at that thing. <laughs> I guess maybe she thought it was alive. Because they do, they blink their eyes yeah. and they move their head. And, and she was just mystified by the whole thing. And I don't know if she was afraid or she was just trying to exert some dominion over it. But And so a couple of days ago, Olivia and I were walking, she and Hank, we've got black and white because Olivia's dog is white. It's a great Pyrenees and it's about 100 pounds. And so we walked them together. And, and so there was one in another yard around the corner from where we live and and so I said shadow look you see the cat and I walked up the sidewalk with her to see if she would have the same response and she went over and she sniffed around at it and she could have cared less <laughs> really yeah. I mean she sniffed it and she even it was even moving. <laughs> yeah oh this one's not going to have anything on me this time yeah but anyway that's <sighs> yeah but this is a this is a very um strategic month for the saints and for so many reasons and um so we we certainly want to rise up and take our place and and do the bidding of our father 
in the way that he would have us to do during this very strategic month for our nation. And, and really, I mean, I remember when COVID hit and quarantine started and, and, and I began to personally take communion every day because I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And, and I felt like he, he was really speaking that, um, you know, we've talked about how each one of us has had the responsibility to establish the tabernacle in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, and really be a light. And, and so, you know, me and my thinking, and when I would come to the table, I, I would do it on behalf of um, different things, on behalf of whatever God had put on my heart, and I'm still doing that, but thinking for some strange reason that, uh, not a strange reason, but for the reason of the Lord that that it would be um, in some ways, because I would pray for my community. I would pray for the neighborhood. I would pray that the Lord would bring those that are lost to the table and thinking that, um, because I believe, you know, we talk about establishing houses of prayer throughout the nation and throughout the world. And, and just recently you have reemphasized that that we really need to be focused on that. And I think that just this whole quarantine and the way God has have, had us establish our homes as places of, of prayer and dwelling places of praise, that he's initiating that in a, in a greater way. Um, but what does that mean for us positioned in a neighborhood of darkness? Um, how do we be the light? You know, how, how do we do that? And Quite frankly, I wish that I could see say that I've seen a lot of change in my neighborhood, in this community, in this neighborhood. Um, but I haven't. But I have faith that just as this church is a lighthouse that's sitting in the you know in the midst of of darkness, <laughs> um, that my home will be that as well. And uh, I don't know. I'm rambling here. It's just, um, God is moving. And so when I walk, which I do every day, I pray. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I can walk by certain houses in this neighborhood and I, can, I sense darkness. Uh, you know, the Lord shows me things about, about the families, about the people. There's some houses that for years and years I walked past and I still feel just this deep darkness. And then other houses, you know how you can just sense that. And so I, I really try to be obedient to speak into, um, just into those places and, and really believe that the Lord's going to move. Because as easy as it is to want to stay within the confines of the walls of the church, He's calling us out, and um, it's not always comfortable, especially when you're faced with so many views that are contrary to righteousness and what you believe. Anyway, take it, Pastor. Take it. <laughs> take the wheel. Take it. <laughs> I surrender. Well, we uh, we certainly do agree wholeheartedly with uh, the assessment that was just brought forward that this month is very, very important. And not only from the standpoint of 
the celebrations that are going on here in this month of October, but also in regard to the election that is coming up. And even right now, the uh, debates, well, it's not really a debate in the Senate chambers regarding Amy Coney Barrett. And that that is just, it's, it's a very interesting time for our nation politically. And um, I, I know that we as saints are called to be light in the midst of the, the land that is darkness and the people that are overcome with gross darkness. And our, our question is, how do we really manifest and welcome that light and I know that in our discussions concerning what time of what type of prayer emphasis we should bring before the network God kept bringing us back to the essentials and to me there, there is such strife and there's such wrath that is permeating every part of at least this nation. Uh, we haven't traveled to other nations this year, so it's kind of hard to get a bearing on what's going on, on there. But there's a polarization politically uh, in a number of ways. And, it, and, and without getting into too much detail about it, it's, it's so often those that polarization hides behind things that I think 95% of America agrees on. You know, whether it's police that are a couple of bad eggs that do things. This is not the 1950s. I mean, I think sometimes we see what Hollywood puts out. We see movies and People, people see depictions of things that were, were terrible times, not only in this nation, but in the world. And when we see them depicted on television or on, on movies, the, the, the feeling is, is that we are still that way today. And it's certainly not the case. And if you, if you think that it's, that it's just, really what we're talking about is mankind. It's not white folk. It's not black folk. You want to you want to see some terrible things that you don't really read about. Go over to equatorial Africa. And see what has happened over the centuries, tribe upon tribe. Look at you know people talk about Chaka Khan who migrated down towards South Africa. And the people celebrate. You want to talk about colonialism? You want to talk about enslaving? You want to talk about murderous intent? Take a good gander at that. What happened in Rwanda a number of years ago? You know, you had one tribe trying to absolutely genocide another. I didn't see a whole lot of white folk around there. What about Idi Amin in Uganda? And those are just in our time frames. So it's not white and black. It's mankind. 
And, and so if, if people rise up and try to demonize white people and talk about systemic racism, well, guess what? There, there, has been, there has been abominable behavior by all kinds of skin types. What about what happened in Cambodia with the Khmer Rouge? That's not Caucasian people. That wasn't African-American or African people. That, that, that was a genocide. It was horrible, horrible. And it's just mankind. And so the enemy wants to continue to stoke that. And he wants to destroy any bastion of possible light. And which is why we're, we're being told over and over again that capitalism and, you know, the, the ideals that founded America were just some thinly veiled white supremacist thing, that the idea of, of pursuing um, aggression in business and pressing forward is, is just a, a thinly depicted white supremacy kind of a thing. That's ridiculous. And you know where that stemmed from? I was reading, an, I was reading a really, I'm still reading this powerful book about America in the early 1800s in the West and how, you know, go West, young man, you know, the, the westward progress of people that were going to do mining and going to try to, to forge a pathway to the West Coast and, and, and those indigenous tribes that were there. And that idea of white man and progression of business really started to form itself there where there were articles from people who wrote and said, you know, you people are, you're driven by mercantilism. You're driven by making money. You're driven by getting land and digging materials out of the ground. And you're, you're motivated by that. That's just the white man's problem. White men are doing this because, you know, the indigenous peoples, they, they really didn't feel that way. In fact, they, they felt that and this is really interesting. The Apaches felt that there were beings that lived in the mountain that governed over the deposits in the earth. And that if you went and you were after gold or silver or some gem or whatever, that those beings could get angry with you. And I think it's very interesting that we know that there are angelic encampments around histemis. They can be for good or for bad. Demonic beings will, will try to, to, to go there. But the idea of that being a, a white man thing uh, was really formed there, and you just kind of borrow it. And, you know, and the thing is, is that I'm not defending stealing things from people or might makes right or any of that. I'm not defending any of that. But it's the heart of mankind. You know, we we travel to India and somebody still has a visa to go there. Um, we traveled to India and we saw when we were at the um, at the Taj Mahal and the Shahs that were ruling India at the time and the way they the way they dominated their people and basically made them enslaved. 
so that these great edifices could be built. That's not a Caucasian. What about Egypt? What about the pharaohs? Whether you try to make them blackface or whatever you they are, it, through the history of mankind, there has been that, that compulsion to dominate one another. And the, the progression from the Tower of Babel forward to build something and develop something is humankind. And so you, you take that then and you say, well, what, what is it, Father, that you want? Because you want to give creativity. You want to give inventiveness. You want there to be a Solomon-like blessing. But you want the kingdom to expand. You, you want there to be righteousness that's exalted and spreads through, through the land. So where's the balance between that? Um, where, where's, where's the balance? And what is God looking at right now that I believe that balance is what the saints, uh, the restoration of God's perfect will, what God is wanting to do. And we were talking earlier, it's kind of like a, a tornado or a dust devil or a water spout. In the very center of it, there's generally peace. But there's such power surrounding it, and then you get a lot of flack. You know, you get dust and dirt and rocks and whatever, whatever's dislodged is thrown, and you can focus on that. But what is God, in the midst of this tumultuous time frame, what is God really wanting to do? What is God really wanting to perfect in the Hestemi points, in the deposits of the glory, with his saints, with his sons? That's the essence. That's the agenda. And I, I think as we've talked about this prayer emphasis for the network, we were, we were talking about how we as saints truly need to focus on the agenda of our Father and hold to what He's promised in His Word. And I don't know, you were so dutiful to write these things down as we were both talking. I don't know if you want to walk through some of these or, or not. Sure. But it's not, it's not a white versus black. It's not a Democrat versus Republican. And we certainly cannot get drawn into, or socialist, or Marxist, we can't get drawn into that political argument. Because if we do, we've lost our bearing in the spirit realm. We can't give place, we can't answer wrath with wrath. But we have to, we have to know that we're representing the throne and what is the essence that God is wanting to do right now? And we can get drawn off sides real easy. Yeah, we, um, oh, there's so many different ways to go here. We, um, we recognize, we all must recognize that in this very climactic, chaotic moment, 
in the history of our nation. And, and so we're speaking of the U.S. right now because we really have committed ourselves to pray this week and in the coming weeks on behalf of this nation and on behalf of the election that's coming and, and what our role, our responsibility is as saints, as intercessors in the process of that. And, and, and this really all pretty much began during the seminar when the Lord positioned us and commissioned us to be those intercessors that, um, you know, the people that will humble themselves and pray. And so um, we are positioning the saints. We are mobilizing the army of the Lord to rise up and pray, to intercede, to make supplication on behalf of righteousness being established in the land again. And the thing about this crazy election, and in so many ways it was the same four years ago, this crazy election is, it's become about the people. It's become about the personalities. It's become about so many things other than the issues. And the, the bottom line is my father would say, that's his, that's his quote, is the bottom line is that we have to stand, no matter how things appear, on behalf of, of, of establishing that righteousness again in the land, whatever that takes. And we have to be responsible to, to pray and to vote and, and, and to be the voice that God has really um, prepared us to be in this hour. And so Pastor, or I should say Apostle, Ron initiated um, an assignment for this church on Sunday where we, we, we set aside Sunday to pray for our nation and we did an exploratory type fivefold. And it wasn't an exclusive thing. It was just the progression that God told us to do. And, and then what he said was come midweek, come Tuesday when we, when, we, when we discuss this on Saints Radio, we mobilize the network churches to, to pray on behalf of the U.S., on behalf of this nation, on behalf of um, basically what God is doing in the earth. And so we, in this hour, if you are listening, and I'm going to trust that I know that our, our Port St. John family is listening, and I know that you have your time of intercession tonight. Um, Teresa in Arizona from the Father's Church in Tucson, I'm assuming that, that you're listening if if you're not, then um, we can reach out to you. But um, and and I, and and I, I'm sure that there's others that have asked to be a part of it that are listening as well. So I said all that to say that this is your commission um, to to commit at least an hour to pray for our nation and and Pastor. You know, I asked him earlier during our pre-prayer meeting, you know, what, what do you glean from the heart of God that our objective is? And so these are the things that came forth. And so I'm going to list them for you. Um, you can write them down. Is that okay? Is that fair? Yeah. And if you still need further clarification, just reach out to me. You all know how to find me. Um, but basically, we're going before the Lord in intercession, and we are asking him, 
you know, what is God doing in the earth? What is he doing in the spirit realm? And, and, and really lay aside the things that you see in the natural and really go after the perspective of the Father and the perspective of his plan and what he is doing. Because it's so easy to get distracted by the things that we see, the things that we hear, the debates. I mean, all the things that are going on, all the voices, all of that. And so we're just asking all of God's people to lay all those things aside and go after the plan of God and to glean what God is doing. Secondly, what scriptures is God highlighting for us to stand on in this season, in this month, during this month leading into this election? And, and, and what scriptures does he, does he want us to declare in a prosukamai, in a prosuke kind of way? Um, thirdly, how do we bless those, as pastor said, that are irritating us? <laughs> But to put it in a more diplomatic way, how do we bless those that are bringing an affront to our spirit, that are, that are offensive? And we face those things every day when we turn on the media. I mean, it's, it's so easy to become offended by the things that we hear because it offends our spirit because it's unrighteous. And so how do we turn, you know, the Bible says in Romans that we, we overcome evil with good. So how do we bless those that are offending us, that are bringing an affront to our spirits. Fourthly, we're going to ask what is God doing in his timetable? Independent of anything that we think or we see, what are we gleaning in the spirit that God is doing in his timetable? timetable and how do we call those things forth according to the timetable of the Lord and um, that's basically our assignment unless you have something else to add that the spirit might be saying and so um, we're asking you our network churches to to join with us and to pray on behalf of this particular very directed assignment and um and glean insights and and let's 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 hear what the spirit is saying to the church and 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 let's process these things and this is going to be somewhat of a progressive month of prayer and you know i wish that we had it all laid out in a nice outline for you but it i mean we're pretty much moving moment by moment according to the spirit and so this is where we are this week today Um, And this is what God is requiring of us. And so we do invite you to join with us and, um, and pray. Yeah, I think, I think so many of the characteristics that we see happening are truly satanic. I'm not talking about the council of seven or any of the minions of the enemy. It's truly satanic, particularly lying and I was looking just looking at scripture about lying and I think Proverbs 6 19 a false witness that speaks lies 
sows discord among brethren. We've, we've seen that, haven't we? Um, there's, there's several verses that are, are really um, powerful that as you read them, it just that's just one thing. I think I think we can see. We just if you watch it. Oh, I don't watch the news. Oh, I don't do this. But if you open your ears at all, you can hear things that you know is just a lie. Um. It's uh, none calls for justice, nor any pleas for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Um, that's 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 a a powerful indictment of what we've seen in our in our nation thus far. And um, I, I I believe that we, for instance, you just look through the scripture which is hard to do, uh, what I'm trying to do right now while I'm trying to enunciate things, and you see whichever side of lies you think is being said, the point is is that lying and deceit is really... Of course, the old adage, how do you know when a politician's lying if their mouth is moving? I mean, that, that's an old one. I, that was gone long before me. But... I've I've heard things that a politician says that's in their platform that they have agreed upon and spoken openly and then when the spotlight's on them a week later they're saying they don't they're not in favor of that they're not doing that well that's a lie it's a deceit and the point is that you we have to look beyond and that's just not one thing. There's a lot of things like this. And it goes along with deception. Who's the author of that? Satan. And he has an agenda right now. Why is he manifesting this the way he is right now? Because our Father is bringing truth. Our Father is bringing about things that have been hidden and um, are going to be manifested. So the enemy... Is he always comes in at the beginning? He comes to try to stop. He's there's a lying. There's a lying spirit. That's 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 very evident. And you know that's just that's just one that's just one factor. But there's a lot of the things that when when we as saints hear them or see them, that triggers us. That's a bad word. But we in righteous indignation begin to flare we have to be careful that we don't direct that toward an individual but we find out why our saintly sense is tingling we 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 figure what is this that's so irritating and what's the spiritual influence that's speaking there because the enemy has an agenda in this season and he's trying to utilize it for whatever nefarious end he has in mind and so um i i believe that that and, and lying and deception is just one thing we need to find scriptures that speak about how righteousness is um righteousness is being 
brought forward and how lies are trying to stop that progression. And we need to declare the Scripture and we need to proclaim what the Scripture says about righteousness. Yeah, over the past year and a half, the enemy has made a very concerted effort to discredit the Bible, to deconstruct it, to say that it's not accurate, to say that it is we can't rely upon it, to say that there are other voices that are equal to it. If you've been paying attention for the last two years, that has been happening, and it's happening throughout a lot of churches, a lot of churches. And it's the enemy's attempt. He's not saying, he is kind of saying, hath God said, but he's saying it in a different way. He's saying God has not said, instead of, instead of hath God said. What is that? It's blinking red again. Oh. Well, you talk for a minute, and I'll unplug this thing and plug it back in. Okay, can you do that? Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have this buzz. It's a little distracting. Yeah. So Sorry, folks. You pick up on that, and I'll unplug. <clears throat> can I just pray in tongues? What's the next? Is there another that went off? Oh, there we go. You said in tongues, did it? Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a lot of people, it's just speaking about the lying. You know, the thing about it is, is that this is not a political platform that we're trying to establish. What we're trying to our, our responsibility, our calling is to to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to be at his right hand and be the voice of truth and the voice of righteousness that is released throughout the land and also to do the battle, the spiritual battle, which we do through our intercession. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, because I'm totally, I, the, the lying I, it's it's very difficult. You talk about things that come affront or affront to our spirit. Just watching the debate last week was just so challenging because I mean, down to the things that were said about Abraham Lincoln and about changing the court, and I mean, it just I had to get up and walk out. Yeah, I did too. Because my spirit, it's not that I knew like I had like researched. And I, you know, I hadn't done the, the scopes, you know, to make sure that everything that was being said was accurate. But my spirit was reacting to that spirit of deception. Mrs. And that Vice spirit President. Of lying. Our Vice I'm, Presidential. I'm speaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know what? I, there's a lot of things I could say I'm not going to yeah. say. But, too, so so the counter, you know, that you that comes against that is... Well, you know, our president is a liar. And, you know, all the lies that he's told in the past. And, and what I look at is the representation of righteousness and, and, and the representation of God's plan and his righteousness to rule upon the earth, to rule in our nation. 
And we were talking about this pre-radio about Cyrus. And, you know, some people have said that Donald Trump has that Cyrus anointing. And I have to tell you, I'm just going to tell you this, I have believed that prophecy. I believe that God put him in office for such a time as this. He is not a perfect man. I cannot even say from a personal standpoint that I like him. But that has nothing to do with it. What it has to do with is the issues that are at stake and the compromise from the left of those issues that we don't even need to go into that. But I think about the multitude of times in Scripture when the Lord used an imperfect people to bring Israel back into line. Over and over again, he even used their enemies to bring them back into line. So do we believe in the plan of God? Do, when, we, when we lifted our voice and we asked the Lord to put, to, to position our president four years ago in the way that it should be, do we believe that he did that? And, and do we believe that he will do that again? And so our intercession is, is fully aligned earth should be fully aligned with the throne of God and what he is dictating for this hour for our nation and nothing else because our opinions don't matter what matters is what is being dictated from the throne which when we think about what righteousness is it's that vision that God has and so when we go before the Lord in intercession on behalf of righteousness that's what we're in agreement with and that's what the fruit will be and so um, it's not about a person. It's no. it's it's not a personality concept. It, it's not about whether or not you like them or dislike them. It's about what is God saying, what is God doing, and what will bring this nation back to becoming a righteous and holy nation again. Yeah. Well, here's here's a verse in Isaiah 28, a well-known passage that we beloved uh, in our hearts. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men that rule this people, which is Jerusalem. You have said, We have made a covenant with death, and with hell we are at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come to us. We have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. Your covenant with death will be disannulled, and your agreement with hell will not stand when this overflowing scourge passes through. Then you shall be trodden down by it. I, I think, what do we do with that? I think we need to declare this verse. And I, in just in a couple of minutes while I was, we were doing other things, I scanned and saw this thing about lies. It, it's everywhere. Well, regardless of whether you think the Republicans are lying or the Democrats are lying or, or what, what you think, the point is, is that there are lies here that are deceiving people. I mean, I, I hear some things that protesters say that are just lies. Now, maybe dumb it down a little bit. Maybe people are, are being not taught properly and they're 
functioning sincerely on behalf of lies, but lies they are and lies they do. We need to lay claim to the foundation stone of Zion. This precious cornerstone, our Lord Jesus, where his judgment and his righteousness are going to happen. Now, how hail is going to sweep away the refuge of lies? We may, we, we have to believe that's true, whether it's spiritually or whether it's going to be some kind of a physical manifestation. But we want the foundation stone. We want what the Lord has said, what judgment is wanting to do, God's judgment, his eternal purpose. Mm. And so that's just, that's just one thing. But I, I know that the word is the only thing we in prayer and spiritually are, are going to be um, required to wage war with. That's why it's our sword. And I, I believe that God is wanting us to identify things that are rampant across our country. Not necessarily issues, although abortion is a big one. Um, Israel. I yeah, mean. the blessing of Israel. I mean, what, is, what does God say about those who stand with Israel? Now, I'm not talking about worshiping Israel. Uh, we know what you're talking no, about. No, but we you know, know it. I know it, but a lot of people don't. As soon as we say that, they think, oh, they think something else that they've been taught. But I, I, our nation has been what the radical Islamics say, the, the attack dog of Israel. And there have been more things that have been done in these past few years on behalf of Israel with our nation that have been done in decades. And, you know, the, the, the miraculous peace treaties with emirates in, in the Sinai Peninsula is phenomenal. And God is looking at that. And God has made promises about a nation and leaders that affirm that eternal word. And if you're more interested in making peace with people who are cranking out missiles, writing death to Israel and death to America, if, if you're more interested in falling in with that group, you better really check your identity card, as a, not only as a saint, but as a Christian, because that just doesn't cut it with God. And so, you know, I think we need to bless we need to bless God's plan for these end times. We need to get back to the root. We need to get back to the basics of what God is doing and what we as saints are called to do in praying for his re the restoration of his purpose and his will. Because that's what's at risk right now. As much as I as an American get furious when I think, you want us to indoctrinate Marxist and socialist doctrines here. Which to me is idiotic. It, it's, it's not only idiotic. It, it's just... It is unpatriotic. And it's disastrous and dangerous. And um, as much as I would think how wicked that is, I've got to reserve my energies and my spirit to calm that storm and go to what God is saying. You know, 
Really, Marxism, what the enemy's trying to do right now is set the stage for one world government. Big Brother watching everything you do. You know, people not owning property, making everybody just subservient as China is. You know, I remember being in China after they finally agreed to let me come in for four days. Wow, what damage was I going to do in four days? And recognizing that everywhere you went, everything you did, you were being watched. Knowing that they, they were controlling their people. Talking to Chinese citizens there in Beijing about what their opinions were of the government. And, you know, how when they would whisper in, in secreted tones in places that were off the beaten path about how they really wanted to be more like America, but there was no way they could be. These individuals. It was funny, this one kid, he was 26 years old. He was a tour guide, really nice kid. Spoke perfect English. He would talk to me when we were maybe out someplace in a grove of trees or something, or, or in a stairwell where there weren't any cameras. He said, these cameras even have microphones or Luke would say microphone is that what we want that's what the enemy wants to where you can't buy or sell or engage in anything unless you take the mark um, and you know I've been wondering about 666 and I've been wondering about it it encompassing our identity as a human our business and us being totally spiritually as humans devoted to the enemy. Those three things, you know, government, business, individual lifestyle, and spiritual. Uh, and proscuneo to that. This is part of what the enemy is, is doing. Now, I know you say, you know, you study about where socialism, you, I'm not that, you wouldn't know this. I didn't really realize it until I was studying the other day. Socialism was first manifested in this country in the 1820s in Indiana, the state of Indiana, New Harmony. This British guy came over, wealthy guy, and he established what he said was going to be a socialist system where, of course, he lived in a big mansion, but everybody else, nobody owned property, and people flocked to this place. And so, and it obviously cratered, it fell apart, but um, I, I think that we, I think that we need to recognize that this viewpoint of one world government, you heard about it in the, in the, in the 30s, you heard after the great crash in 29. There were a lot of voices for socialism. Even the Red Scare, which was McCarthyism, which was really anal in a lot of ways, where they went after people in Hollywood. I, I don't approve of what he did, but maybe he was onto something, if you see what Hollywood's become. Um, but, the, but the essence right now is to bring this world into alignment with the one world government of, of the Antichrist. Um, how many of these things, if we just step back and look and say, what is the demonic agenda and what should we as saints be declaring?
what should we be proclaiming from the word now we're we're gonna we don't have this typed up right now so any of you who are praying today you're just gonna have to go off of what was said there may be something typed up before we send it but I don't know I mean I think it would be good for us to to put together after this week after we've had this prayer time network wide put together a, a compilation of scriptures with headings of things that we should be declaring yeah throughout the thing. rest of this month and so let's make our insights I mean you can share what the Lord shows you of course but let's 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 have a strong emphasis on on scripture yeah and and i think that would be a, i think that's a word from the lord and um because then we can put we can put that together and then distribute it and we can we're all granted you can add whatever god puts on your heart but um we will all be declaring the same scriptures for a couple of weeks and i think that would be a good thing yeah and again if you listen to the socialists and the more right-leaning Democrats and you listen to the Republicans, the issue of lies, the issue of, of economic equity, what, what, whether which side of, of it you're on doesn't really matter. It's the issue of why this is surfacing right now and what our enemy is trying to do through it. And so you pare it away, you put the arguments away, you find these verses, and you proclaim them. Because even that verse in Isaiah 20, refuge of lies, but what's the objective of the, of the Lord? That the foundation, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be established. That righteousness would be proclaimed we need to make that our declaration the enemy hates that if he can just get us fomenting strife and argument and anger and debate you're one of the things we learned early on in the spirit realm when we came in to pray and i don't know how good of a job we've did with this over the years but it's a nice it's a nice perspective is you, you've got to put away all that stuff and you've got to come. You were talking earlier about coming into that place of rest in the midst of, of, the, of the battle and how God says that. What's that mean? Now, you know, if you're at rest, you're dwelling in the presence of the Lord, but that means you may be in, surrounded by the enemy, but you're at that table with the Lord. We've got to come into that place. Because if we're praying with vitriol and anger, even though, even though in the natural it might be justified in some ways, we're not going to be able to let the Spirit commune with us and for us to accomplish what we're supposed to do. So with, with all of that, how do we want this? Do we want people to just submit? No, no we don't want five pages of Scripture, okay? That doesn't do us any good. I, I could just carry the Bible around if, if I want that. But if, I, I don't know, what, what are we asking the people to contribute? 
Well, I think that the, for, especially for those that are listening, I think just you will use the discretion um, and, and certainly be led of the spirit and be concise and, and strategic mm-hmm. in what God shows you and what you share. And, and we will take what is submitted and, you know, the Bible says judge prophecy, you know, so we will take, we're not going to judge the scripture, but we'll take what we receive and we will, by the spirit, put it together in a, in a, in a document that can be distributed, that we're all in one accord. Um, and who knows what God will do next week. So, yeah, because we, we are as these weeks go yeah. by. This is like progressive, so so we don't know what God's going to say then. But for today, for this week, this is our commission. This is our assignment, and um, and so you know where to send it. Just send it to me, and um, and I look. I really do look forward to. I I I have I have hope, and I, I want to speak forth hope into the people of God, into to the hearts of, of God's people, into all of you, that that we would rise up and hope and know that the Lord is with us and that he is moving and that his plan will rule and reign, period. Mm-hmm. No matter how things appear in the natural. And 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 two, as was was spoken on Sunday over and over again, we have got to stand. <laughs> We cannot be tossed about by every wind of dawn. We have got to stand in this hour in the midst of this raging tempest and be who we are and function and 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 be a voice. So, Amen. And we're way out of time. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is that we, we talked also, we're not intending to give you a directive in a fivefold way this time. Um... We just gave some points. Yeah, these are just points, but but the essence of them are what is God really doing right now and what is the enemy trying to do to stop it it, it in accordance with his end-time agenda? Because when we're before the throne, we're praying mysteries. That's, That's what we're discussing. And so I think that would be a... A really good, if that was the only thing we said, that would be a terrific word. But there are other aspects of this. Um, And we've talked about some of them. But So anyway, thanks for joining. And if anybody needs further clarity, you know how. You know how to find me. (laughs) It's like Barney Fife and goes to Mr. Chicken. Let me clarify this. Let me clarify. Atta boy, Luther. <laughs> I wonder what your grandpa thought when that movie was out and they kept in that movie they kept yelling, Atta boy, Luther. Well, we were just talking about that. I was with Noah last weekend in California, and we we went through the whole story of when he was born and. We didn't have a middle name for him. And, and the five days I was in the hospital, I had everybody from this church calling me, telling me what his middle name should be. And I wanted to name him Luther after my grandfather. But there became a, fa- a little bit of a family challenge that there. And so um, he said, I think I might name my kid Luther. <laughs> so we'll see. 
We'll see if that happens. Anyway. You mean Martin Luther or Martin Luther King? Shut up. <laughs> Forgive me because I just said shut up. Forgive me, Apostle, for telling you to oh, shut it's up. Funny. But that's it's, a, that's, it's that's an, just funny. That's just funny. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, or is it African-American or African? Africans. Africans. Yeah. Yeah. In the nation of utopia. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's extra, that's extra points, Stacey. Those of you who hung on and didn't run to the restroom, if they keep talking, I'm going to have to go. Well, I'm just going to go. They're done anyway. Well, see what you missed. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll look forward to you tomorrow on uh, Wednesday Night Live. Until then, God bless. And goodbye.